0: Should courts make policy or even law? Is that what they're for? I'm Dan Ringer, and we'll talk about active American courts right now on The Law Works.
1: From West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Closed captioning for The Law Works is made possible by a grant from the Montegalia County Bar Association to support legal information and education for all West Virginians. The Law Works is made possible by major grants from the West Virginia Attorney General and from Software Systems Incorporated, a West Virginia company established in 1975, which provides high end support services, programming, and consulting for county government AS 400 mid range computer systems as well as PC based systems, and by a grant from the West Virginia Bar Foundation. The West Virginia Bar Foundation, the philanthropic organization for West Virginia's legal profession and justice system, promoting public knowledge of the law in West Virginia.
0: The American system really expects all laws to be made by Congress and the state legislatures that 's what we 're taught in school, but is it historically accurate? My guest is former West Virginia Supreme Court Chief Justice Richard Neely. Richard, thank you for coming back oh it's It's
2: great to come back. We can continue the conversation that we had a little while ago. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on this, on the business of, of, of courts making law, just not to rehash too much, but in the earlier program, you know, I talked about the history of, of parliaments and, and legislatures and Congress, and and also pointed out that we inherited a system from England, and in England, courts made most of the law from 1100 until at least the middle of the 19th century. Uh, parliaments were not terribly active in making day-to-day law. In other words, commercial law, uh, um, criminal law, the, the law that affects most people. Um, not talking about admiralty law or or you know certain types of business law, but uh, the English courts. Always
0: made law. One, one of the things that I think most people don't even suspect is that all of that court made law was adopted in the United States in 1780, or up until 1789. That was our history of law. And actually, there's a provision in the West Virginia Constitution that says that
2: the common law of England shall remain in force and effect until changed by the legislature. Uh, I may say just the common law. I don't know if it says of England. But the common. Well, law. I think
0: we adopted Virginia court-made law well,
2: up until eighteen sixty-three.
0: Correct. Correct.
2: So it's the, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of court-made law out there, and courts. In the in the. It's interesting how courts make law. <laughs> in the Middle Ages, English courts would come up with all kinds of new and exotic law. But they always maintained that they were hearkening back to the early laws of Edward the Confessor, the last Anglo-Saxon king or the penultimate Anglo-Saxon king before Harold the Saxon was defeated by William the Bastard, known to his friends as William the Conqueror. And, uh, <laughs> and to history, <laughs> And, and uh, uh, the... The the, they, the the medieval courts would say, well, this was part of the laws of Edward. The Lex Edwardi Confessorus is what it was actually called in Latin. There was no written document of the Lex Edwardi Confessorus. The court simply said, this harkens back to the days of Edward the Confessor. Well, one of the skills of being a judge is to take something that's completely new and uh, and almost revolutionary, and pretend that it is somehow dictated by some ancient principle or some ancient document. We don't use the Lex Edwardi Confessoris, We use the Constitution of the United States, or sometimes we use the West Virginia Constitution. I've used the West Virginia Constitution a lot, uh, and creatively. And, and creatively, that's exactly right. But 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 the. Part of the skill of being a judge is to pretend that you're not making law and to indicate that this is somehow a, a logical extension of law that has already existed. It's kind now, of like saying, of course you know that. Right, exactly, exactly. So, but But courts have no choice but to make law because legislatures, parliaments, congress, are essentially... Institutions designed to check government rather than to be active innovators in government. That was the original design of the medieval parliament, which is the direct ancestor of our own Congress and our own state legislature. So courts have no choice but to make law. Let's take a couple of examples. I, and I and I think of the same-sex marriage issue, and it makes no difference how one feels about it. Whether you're for it or against it or, or neutral about it, it appears to be inevitable that same-sex marriage is going to become very
0: pervasive in the United States. Or at least legitimize same-sex relationships. The, the, the sticking point seems to be the application of the word marriage.
2: Yes, but the, but the marriage is sort of important because marriage is... A contract. Now, in, in a lot of contexts, marriage is a sacrament. Marriage has very serious religious uh, overtones to it. But in law, marriage is basically a contract that is imposed by the state. When people get married, they don't usually think about devising a contract as, how, how are we going to arrange our affairs? How are we going to raise our children? What happens if I die? What happens if you die? What happens if we get divorced? Nobody bothers to write that down. The government basically writes it down for you in the domestic relations law. The relationship between husband and wife is dictated by the, the domestic relations law, which is largely filled by court opinions. Now, there are some very vague statutes in domestic relations law, but the actual fleshing out of those statutes is done by the courts. Now, let's assume that a couple gets married legitimately, a same-sex couple gets married legitimately in Massachusetts, moves to West Virginia, and they live here for 10 or 12 years, and then they decide that they want to separate. Can they get divorced in West Virginia? Well, we don't recognize same-sex marriage. So if, they, if they're not married in West Virginia and we don't recognize same-sex marriage, then how do they get divorced? Some court is going to have to figure out what you do with the joint property and what principles do you apply to this kind of a separation in a state that doesn't recognize same-sex marriage. The court
0: might... But we will allow that same-sex couple to adopt children. So while in a, in a differently sexed marriage, a heterosexual marriage, they will produce children, maybe adopt children, and there are very strict laws about how those children are going to be treated in a same-sex relationship if there is no valid marriage, what do you do with the kids that's also that and some courts going to have to decide that
2: and I see that as a real problem so, because we don't do that now and 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 the, the, the funny thing is that the people who seem to be most interested in marriage are same-sex couples because increasingly heterosexual couples are not getting married the number of the number of of children who are born either to single mothers or to couples who are not married goes up every year. It's, it's almost the old joke that marriage is like a fortress under siege, that the people who are outside want to get in and the people who are inside, inside want to get out. out.
0: Right. <laughs> We're talking about active American courts. My guest is former West Virginia Supreme Court Chief Justice Richard Neely. I'm Dan Ringer and this is The Law Works. So. Are the courts going to make that law? Well, the court will have to make this law
2: because these cases are inevitably going to come to the courts. Well, can't we just go to the legislature and say, look, this is important, pass some laws about this? You can, except the legislature isn't interested in servicing constituencies that aren't active in politics. Invariably, legislatures the squeaky wheel gets the oil, is what we used to say in the legislature. Legislature doesn't get concerned about issues that don't affect organized constituencies, and domestic clients are not an organized constituency. There's all kinds of people in the domestic
0: world, all with different opinions and different interests. Well, In fact, in the domestic relations civilian world, 50% of the participants hate the other 50%.
2: That's correct, and no matter what you do as a domestic relations judge, both parties are going to despise you when the case is over. So it's a. The reason that West Virginia has a 16 year retirement provision for judges is because in the old days when circuit judges had to do domestic cases, it was conceived that no judge could possibly survive more than 16 years of being elected because he would have so infuriated such a large number of people doing domestic cases. But I mean, that that's one example. And let, get off domestic law and go to something else. We have entrusted the courts with the supervision of administrative agencies, the Federal Communications Commission, the Federal, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh in 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 West Virginia government, various boards and agencies that um, that that do certain things uh make administrative rules, for example the Department of Environmental Protection all of those administrative agencies make law pursuant to a very broad statutory mandate from the legislature or from the Congress. Those laws are extremely broad and
0: require the agency to flesh them out with rules and regulations well doesn't the don't the agencies take their rules and regulations back to the legislature to get them approved?
2: They do in this state um, i don't know that they do in the federal system. Uh, I think that the I, I actually just don't know for sure it doesn't make any difference whether they take them back to to the legislature for approval. The problem with an agency is that an agency will tend to deal for its own account. Individual politicians enjoy getting jobs for their relatives, putting their wife on a payroll, um, uh, getting their driveway paved for nothing. I mean, there's every conceivable kind of petty graft that an elected official might take. You don't have that in administrative agencies. There's very little individual graft. But there is definitely trading for the account of the institution, the bureaucracy, as an institution. Because the function that every bureaucracy maximizes is upward mobility for middle management members of the bureaucracy, so that bureaucracies will do things that don't have any enormous benefit to society as a whole, but are extremely beneficial to the bureaucracy. And there's nobody to monitor that. Oh, well, that's the whole thing. That's one of the responsibilities of courts, although we haven't exactly explained it that way. Those of us who were judges understand what we're doing. I mean, we understand the dynamics of what we're we're looking for, but it's... It is sort of something that's understood that courts basically don't trade for their own account. Courts are very much like terminal patients in a hospital. They aren't going anywhere. You know, you don't go anywhere from being a West Virginia Supreme Court justice. You usually don't go anywhere from being a West Virginia circuit judge. You don't go anywhere from being a United States District Court judge or from being a Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals judge. There is no promotion And and there's also no bureaucracy, no institution that you're concerned with. You have your own office staff, you have secretaries and law clerks, but you don't have an institution that you're responsible for. So that judges tend to be far more neutral. Now, some of them are stupid. I mean,
0: (laughs) no, we don't want to hear that. (laughs) Well, I mean, you you
2: know, you could you you could you could wax eloquent about the advantages of the judicial institution. But you have to at least recognize the fact that some judges are smarter than others, um, and, uh, and, and judges don't always make the right decisions. But nonetheless, the institution itself has a certain neutrality. So judges are making the final decisions on a lot of agency law, particularly at the federal level. Uh, and they're and they're checking it to make sure that it is adequately neutral and that there is a rational relationship between the rule that they're making and some real benefit to society, so that the big law in this country is being made by by independent boards and agencies who are not elected and by judges who the majority of whom are not elected, although we elect judges in this state, thank God. Um, And I am not in favor of any other system for electing state judges or or naming state judges. But throughout the country, only 22 states elect their judiciary. And um, Virginia and South Carolina and and Rhode Island have judges elected by the legislature, which isn't a bad system. Um, But the, the federal system, of course, are all appointed
0: Uh, judges. But what about, and there's a lot of criticism concerning it, uh, the accusation that courts are simply making law out of whole cloth. They see perhaps a law that's been passed by the legislature, they don't like it, so they change it.
2: I think that happens all the time.
0: And, uh,
2: And again, sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not. But in general... The courts make law because legislatures are institutionally designed to do nothing. They, the, 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 great, the great oppressor of mankind is government itself. Now, in the Western world, in, in Western Europe, the United States, the British Commonwealth, Australia, Canada, etc., government is actually quite good. And it functions pretty much for the benefit of citizens. But throughout most of the rest of the world, government is a major oppressor. And the American system was set up back in England in the 12th century. And the American government is simply a copy of the English governments with the names changed to protect the innocent. I mean, the the, the, pre- the king is now the president. The House of Lords is now the United States Senate. The House of Commons is now the House of Representatives. But the original idea was to have a break on the executive branch, the king and his minions, to avoid excessive taxation, unnecessary wars, um, expropriation of property, all kinds of things that any powerful head of state is likely to do. And if you look around the world, you see that in most countries, you have graft and corruption at an enormous, the reason why the Ukraine The the citizens of the Ukraine have no real interest in the Ukrainian government. There's nobody in the Ukraine who is willing to die for Ukraine. And that's because every president they've had since the Ukraine became independent has been a lying, cheating, thieving, um, uh, no-good, bottom-dwelling son of a bitch and uh, has taken, for him and his friends, everything off the top. So, government is not necessarily a benign force. The big advantage of democracy is not that it gives you good government. Democracy often gives you really lousy government. Look at England getting into World War I, I mean, or France getting into World War I. Democracy does not guarantee intelligence on the part of the people who are running the country. But what democracy does give you is a
0: government that you can get rid of. We're talking about active American courts. My guest is former West Virginia Supreme Court Chief Justice Richard Neely. I'm Dan Ringer, and this is The Law Works. Well, we hear accusations against the United States government, too, that it's an oppressive government, that the president's doing what he wants to do, an abrogation of the laws and all of the rules that define what a president is. And the courts ought to fix that, ought to stop that. Well, the courts do from
2: time to time. I mean, the courts... the courts do intrude themselves into excesses of of executive power. And uh, the courts will stop prosecutions that they believe are illegal. Uh, They have been ambivalent about the detainees in Guantanamo and so far have not intruded themselves into that although there have been numerous applications to them to apply American jurisprudence to the administration of those prisoners of war held in Guantanamo. The precedent for that is the old rule out of the Philippine insurrection after the Spanish-American War that generally the American Constitution follows the flag. Uh, We have not followed that with regard to Guantanamo, but the courts are constantly being asked to give a second look at Guantanamo, and I'm sure that the conditions for those prisoners in Guantanamo are a lot better than they otherwise would have been because there is always the possibility
0: of court oversight well one of the one of the most obvious at least in my opinion exercises of the judiciary making law dates back to nineteen fifty four when basically the United States Supreme Court said, we are going to be an integrated society. They did it in in one case. They said, we're going to integrate the public schools, Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas. And that decision, by legend at least, was held up for quite a while, while the members of the United States Supreme Court structured something that they could be unanimous in releasing, because they did not want to show a division within the court on this particular issue. So they issued their opinion, said you're going to integrate the schools, and everything from that reasonably follows. That's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people are afraid of because they look out there and they see conditions that they individually are not willing to accept, and they become afraid of the courts when the court comes in and says you are going to accept that condition or that change.
2: I think that that very often happens. Um, the, The strange thing about Brown versus Board of Education is that it's real law. I mean, it was actually based upon the the Fourteenth and Fifteenth Amendments to the Constitution, and they, and and that's what those amendments meant. That's what they said. And Plessy versus Ferguson, the case that Brown versus Board of Education overruled, was not real law. It was it was result oriented judicial policy making that went in the direction of
0: restoring the South before the Civil War. But those two cases, one case said, everyone is equal, so you treat everyone as equal. And they came out with the concept of separate but equal. Brown versus Board of Education said more along the lines of, no, everybody really is equal. Same place, same time, same treatment. What they also said was, and I'm old
2: enough to remember what segregated schools look like, um, what Brown versus Board of Education did was find as a fact that that separate facilities were not equal and they weren't and they weren't they were terrible they were i mean they were absolutely ghastly um and uh, and there was no there was no equality there was no equal appropriation my My reservation about Brown versus Board of Education is that it doesn't really fall into courts making. Law up out of whole cloth because the Fourteenth and Fifteenth Amendments really mandated.
0: But that. do courts ever really make things up out of whole cloth? Oh sure, law out of
2: whole like, cloth. Like Citizens United, the case that allows corporations to put limitless amounts of money into political campaigns. But aren't
0: corporations people?
2: No, of course not. I mean, it's you can say so. I mean, you. Well, can, they did. Well, I mean, they did, right? You can <laughs> call a pig a duck, but it isn't going to quack, um, and so. The, 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 there, was, there was absolutely no l- legal legitimacy, but there was a policy legitimacy. The court obviously felt that, that there was not an adequate balance for the upper class in America with regard to elections, and they wanted to restore the ability of people with money
0: to control legislation. The bottom line is, should we be afraid of the courts? Are the courts going to do what they want to do in spite of what the legislature says or doesn't say? The answer
2: is twofold.
0: We have 30 seconds. No,
2: we shouldn't be afraid of the courts because that's all we have, because nobody else is going to do it, right? And the other question was, are the, are the courts going to do whatever they want to do regardless? And the answer to that is yes.
0: And we're just going to accept that.
2: I mean, there's nothing
0: else you can do. Said the former Chief Justice of the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. <laughs> well, Richard, thank you very much for being with us. This is interesting. We could go on for probably a week talking about these things. But thank you very, very much for being with I, us. I always love it. <laughs> Thank you also for being with us on behalf of The Law Works. And uh, Richard Neely's opinions are solely those of Richard Neely and not the West Virginia Public Broadcasting (laughs) people. Thank you for being with us. Good evening. I'm Dan Ringer. If you would like to suggest a topic for a future The Law Works show, or if you're a school teacher and would like to receive a DVD of this show for classroom use, send us an email to thelawworks at comcast.net or visit us on Facebook. On the LawWorks website at thelawworks.org, you'll find a listing of recent The LawWorks programs, additional information about this show's topic, and video of this and recent shows. You can also find The LawWorks programs on YouTube and iTunes. The LawWorks is produced in cooperation with the Office of the West Virginia Attorney General, the West Virginia Bar Foundation, the Mountain State Bar, the Monongalia County Bar Association, and the West Virginia University College of Law.
1: The Law Works is made possible by major grants from the West Virginia Attorney General and from Software Systems Incorporated, a West Virginia company established in 1975, which provides high-end support services, programming. And consulting for county government AS 400 mid range computer systems as well as PC based systems, and by a grant from the West Virginia Bar Foundation. The West Virginia Bar Foundation, the philanthropic organization for West Virginia's legal profession and justice system, promoting public knowledge of the law in West Virginia. Additional support for the law works is provided by the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. from West Virginia Public Broadcasting.